This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genazit Hayed. This is a toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture only on lineupmedia.fm. Genazit, Genazit, Pailusin, Spesek, my friends, my Armenian brothers and sisters out there. Uh, I tell you what, I tell you what, I had a real good uh, success uh, with the last show, and a lot of people said, hey, you know what, we'd love to hear you back again. And here I am, here I am, and uh, today I want to do a show with a good friend of mine, a dear brother of mine, uh, Roger Capellian. Roger was my first guest on Armenia Proud, Toast to Armenia, and uh, we've been talking. And I know a lot of you guys out there just been kicking back, talking to each other about what's going on. Because you know what? The Odars don't really know and they don't really care. And they kind of, oh, you know what? I feel bad. Now I got to go take care of my kids. And I mean, it's something like that. But well, with me and Roger, like me and uh, my my brother Ara out in L.A., I mean, I, I sit and I talk to these guys and I feel so much better afterwards. And uh, today we had Roger Capellian on the show with me. And uh, it's going to be... It's going to be like a couple of guys having an iced tea or drinking some sewage and uh, kicking back and uh, talking about what's going on over there in um, Artsakh and what's, uh, you know, what, what's happening. What's happening, basically. It's something like what, what you guys would be sitting around the table talking as well. All right? So that's what we got going. And uh, I think that uh, last show, I, I got a lot of good responses from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I am very sorry if I uh, mispronounced the name of this or name of that. But you know what? I, I, I'm an ignorant Armenian from America. All right? That's all I am. I, 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 my heart's in it. My uh, Everything, I, I, I tear with you guys. I, 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 I'm in every way with you on everything. But if I say something uh, about a town being wrong, about a region being wrong, don't don't get so overcritical about that because you know what? There's a lot of Johnos out there that are going through the same thing right now. We don't know. We don't know. We're, we're catching up on the news uh, the best we can, and we know that Azeri news is all bullshit news. All right? We get that. We get that. And uh, uh, But we're... we're we don't sleep at nights, which I'm going to cover over with uh, Roger. Uh, but we don't sleep at nights. So all we do is uh, think about what's happening over there. And uh, God bless. God bless all our troops over there. You know what, Biggie? I'd like to give Roger a call right now, if possible. All right. We'll do that in a second here. W will you be doing that as I'm talking, or should I just hold off on everything? Okay, you just keep going, he says. All right, we're calling Roger right now. Bye, Luis. Yeah, bye, you are on. You are on the show right now. I got you right there. I introduced uh, uh, you and uh, how we've been talking, how we've been uh, kind of coping with everything. Uh, the Folks, we got Roger Capellian on the phone right now from L.A. My first guest, uh, not only my first guest, 
like I said, but my guy, he's been my uh, friend throughout this, and we've just been kicking back. We've been talking, and every Armenian out there needs a Roger Cabellian. I mean, uh, honest to God, because we don't have that from our Odar base. We don't have that from... Uh, you know, from the people outside, they don't know what the hell we're going through. And they really, honest to God, they they try, but they don't care as much as we do towards each other. So, Roger, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I uh, hear your voice. I'm doing even better. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yafar. Um, We talk, and um, you've gotten me through some times, man. I, I mean, there's been times when... I questioned religion. I questioned my God. I questioned uh, my belief, and uh, and you brought me back down. You brought me back down to reality. You brought me back down to thinking. You know what? God's given us all this, all these tools. We have to use it. We have to make things right. You know, and I I appreciated that. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> these are all thank you. These are all things uh, I struggle with. I think everyone struggles with. There's no, no easy answer to this. And there's so much to unpack that we're having to unpack in such a small amount of time and a time when time is of the essence, when every minute counts and every second counts. There's this accelerated rate. And we forget that as people living in the spirit, um, in abroad, uh, living um, as Americans uh, who are of very strong Armenian descent, um, we we were already dealing with a lot of the pressures here that people were dealing with. And on top of it all, now we're dealing with what is basically our own version of Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And uh, on top of that, on top of that, guess what? We got... We got COVID. We got COVID yeah. that is just uh, taken off in Armenia right now. And as if we didn't have enough problems, we got to worry about that as well. So it's. It, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It, it's it a definitely lot. It's is. A lot. It definitely is. It definitely, uh, with different perspectives on, uh, you know, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with that? But right now, our main focus is the frontline. Artsakh and our brave women and men, men and women that are fighting right there and uh, neutralizing the Azeri forces from every different type of Azeri forces too, by the way. I mean, we've got we've got a presence of Al-Qaeda, ISIS. We've got a presence of... Uh, uh, now, now, I'm not just going to get to the Azerbaijan army. I, let, let's, let's break it down some more here. We got the Pakistanis that... Have uh, evolved around this. We have uh, oh, by the way, we have Turkish mercenaries too that are uh, part of the Turkish forces that have joined okay. in on this. We've mm -hmm. got them all. We've got it's like a buffet of uh, Alaville, and uh, they, mm -hmm. they they've decided uh, it's time to take <laughs> on Armenia in a jihad fashion. So <clears throat> yeah, if you were to. I mean, I'm not saying this is a movie, this is real life, but if you, you were to pick, if you were someone who wasn't Armenian and you wanted to pick a moment from a movie that everybody's seen that would epitomize what the Armenian people are going through right now, 
the uh, only scene I can think of is uh, in Lord of the Rings, the two towers. That's what Armenians are at Helm's Deep. We are at Helm's Deep. You know when they they were uh, uh, they realized that they could not defend the fortress and they had to pretty much go to Helm's Deep, which was their final resort, yeah. and uh, defend themselves. And all these armies of orcs and allies and everything came at them. This is where Armenians are right now. And we're finding ourselves. We're at Helm's Deep. We are making a stand. We are making the last stand. This is not This is not a drill. This is not a game. This stuff got real really quick. And all the actors that for a long time were sitting there and planning these things out and trying to get at our neighbors and trying to get at our uh, whatever few allies we have and using us as pawns to create disruption and, and, and chaos in the region. Everything has just kind of smashed down in, in, uh, in, in one instant. And all of a sudden now we're seeing that we're part of this onslaught that is coming at us and we're just the first fortress after us is Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not going to get to that. But uh, let me ask you this, uh, and, and this is when all this was going down. This was happening in the Armenia itself, and we had uh, former presidents that were uh, on trial. We had uh, administrations that were on trial and all this. Do you think that the Azeris sat back and watched this and used it to their advantage? And I, and I told another Armenian at the time, I go, Maybe this isn't the time to do all this. Maybe with the virus out there, coronavirus out there, and with us going after past situations that uh, have uh, evolved into uh, something that uh, could have been a criminal act or something like that, maybe something like that where we could have been on a low profile you know, with the Zeris watching and the Zeris waiting for us to weaken ourselves down, could that have played a role in this attack, this new attack uh, uh, 28, 29 days ago? I I think it's like <clears throat> that scene, and, and I keep going back to movies because obviously I work in the movies, and so it's a frame of reference, and I think a lot of people can refer to movies as sort of an example or famous you know, stories. But if you look at War of the Worlds, remember what was going on? People were just going about their business. They were going about their lives and they didn't realize that while we were doing all this, other eyes were watching us and they were making plans and they were making plans within plans. And they were using their immense oil reserve arsenal of dirty petrol money to bribe politicians. They were using that to bribe Western uh, <clears throat> politicians and buy uh, Western PR firms. And I mean, that, and that's aside from all the weapons that they had been buying and accruing. And but, but did we accelerate that, that though, uh, Roger? That's what I'm asking. Well, I'm did, getting to that. Okay. I'm getting to that. Our, our point, my point is that whatever was going to happen <clears throat> was going to happen. But once the pandemic hit, once they realized that, you know, only uh, what was going on in Armenia, but obviously what's going on in the United States where people are divided, they're distracted, there's COVID. This was the perfect opportunity for them. Right. And I'm going to your point here. Your point is, um, you know, can I, as somebody that's sitting outside that's trying to help 
people, but, you know, I'm obviously not a politician in Armenia and I'm obviously not a general in Armenia. These are not my job descriptions. I'm just a dude who really cares about what's going on. And looking at it from the outside, I'm like, yeah, they, they kind of caught us a little bit in, in the best place they could have caught us. Because when it comes down to it, I mean, I think our military uh, in Armenia is very professional. They definitely had some skirmishes in the past, not even including the Artsakh war itself, where they were quite ready in that sense. What they weren't ready for was this alignment that came towards us. There was a whole alignment. And we're talking about Israeli drones, Turkish drones, uh, the weapons that the Azeris were buying from Czechoslovakia, all these other places. I mean, it's like, you know, this immense weapons experiment, you know, uh, ready to be unleashed on a people that were dealing with COVID, they were dealing with social restructuring. Yes, we were very distracted, I think, my personal opinion, by what was coming in from the West, because the West has its own agenda. They want to create this sort of like liberal democracy. Look how great everything is. You know, we have this velvet revolution and so forth, you know, and now the Armenian diaspora was starting to feel like it was part of the process. We weren't just being locked out. We were part of it. So we didn't get a chance really fulfill and settle in to whatever the promise was. We never got to that level. They were watching and they were waiting for the perfect opportunity and the perfect business disarray, social disarray, and distraction to take place. And they hit. And what are they hitting us with? I mean, again, they're bringing in seasoned people. They're uh, people who have been hardened by all the conflicts in the Middle East. And they're bringing in Pakistani mercenaries. They're bringing in Turkish mercenaries, Afghan mercenaries. I mean, the list goes on. You know? It, it would be a bad Chuck Norris movie if it wasn't for real. Yeah, he would uh, definitely have his uh, motorcycle in uh, Beirut and uh, blowing everything up. Missiles coming out of that motorcycle left and right. Uh, right. But you know what? Uh, what gets me more is how how we've dug in. And I hope the world, I hope Russia, Russia, I, I mean, if I'm on the front line and I'm sitting there, are, is there any hopes that you think that uh, – Russia will intervene in this and uh, they will they will at least at least take out these terrorists, take out these terrorists that you were bombing in Syria that have now moved in our area. What makes them special now that you can't hit them in our area that you were hitting them in the Syrian area? You know, that that's what throws me off a little bit. Does that make sense at all? It does. But I think that right now what Russia is trying to they're playing a chess game. It's all one move, counter move, uh, and you want to keep these steps as localized and as uh, contained as possible because you know that once these things go, they get a life of their own. And at some point, you cannot hold anybody back. Once you light that fire, it's just going to go like, you know, a Northern California wildfire. It's just going to keep going. And I think what they're doing to basically serve their own interests is they're trying to be as, um, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a brilliant military strategist or analyst, but it, it looks like they're on the sidelines, but they're not really on the sidelines. There's what they say in public and what they know in the back of their minds, what they know in their hearts, because Turkey basically is just sitting in their face. 
saying you're no longer a player in the caucuses. We can do whatever we want. You guys can negotiate all the ceasefires you want, but guess what? We're the ones that decide if there's a ceasefire or not. And, you know, uh, there's all sorts of pluses that they're trying to get. One, Turkey wants to open up the southern part of Armenia and get rid of Artsakh so we can have a freeway all the way through all the different Turkic nations stretching all the way to China, all right? That's the first part. The second part is they want to disrupt Iran because Iran has a huge Azeri population. So there's all sorts of little games going on here. And now we just have the latest, uh, you know, um, FBI revelation uh, right before the election that lo and behold, they're holding Iran and Russia accountable for hacking our election process. So again, here's Russia, here's Iran, the bad guys. And who are the only people that are in the region next to Armenia that even remotely can help Armenia, even by just having a border where you can get supplies? I mean, we're in a bad neighborhood and we're blockaded by a NATO power on one side. And on the other side, the person who's pretty much aligned with that NATO power. It's just, I mean, the corruption goes all the way through here. So I think people are just being careful. I think they're understanding that if you really light every match that you've got, pretty soon you're going to have a forest fire. And as much of it, how bad it is for us, it's still a chess game for them. They're sitting there watching, and it's tit for tat. Little slow, tit for tat, step-by-step escalation. What would you say, what would you say, though, Roger, if, uh, does it change around, does, does it make a difference now if you have France and if you have America and you have a list of other countries that step forth and say, you know what, we... We acknowledge that that is a republic now. Uh, Artsakh becomes a republic. What what can what are the big positivities of that turning out to be like that? Yeah, well, um, I, I obviously don't know what uh, Erdogan and um, all his buddies have planned, and all the secret talks and discussions that have taken place, and you know all these higher circles. I mean, it's way above our pay grade, but. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I, well, I mean, it it would have to change on this. This is what I was thinking. Now, if this becomes a republic called Artsakh from Nagorno-Karabakh for people out there that, uh, don't know what Artsakh is, it's Nagorno-Karabakh and this becomes a republic, this 150, 175,000 people, uh, claim it as a republic. Now you are talking about a sovereign nation being attacked. And this is when it gets kind of like uh, more clear because now another nation like a France can send in peace-keeping uh, troops in this uh, region called uh, Artsakh as a republic, and uh, they can have their peace troops in there. But you can't set that up if it's part of Azerbaijan still. That, and that's, yeah, and, that's know, the we, whole we situation. Exactly. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I was thinking more in terms of would it stop Turkey and uh, these other people from doing anything further. But it would definitely enable international bodies in the legal sense to come in and be able to help out and cause a uh, direct interference in terms of those plans. Because everything now is based on everything based on now is uh, Azerbaijan has to approve 
this ca- this not nation coming in, this this country coming in, this uh, this uh, 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 peacekeeping people. I mean, they have rejected this and they have rejected that. But now, if you have its own republic called Artsakh, and they say, "Oh, you know what? We welcome these observers to be on the front line." Now it's a whole different ball game to where now people get to see, oh, you know what? It's really these pricks on this side here, the east side named Azerbaijan that are starting everything. We're not escalating anything. We never wanted to escalate anything. Are you kidding me? With COVID out there, one and two, we got we got so much against us to do that. Why would we do the attacking? And I'm sick and yeah, tired. Yeah. Sick and tired of everybody in this world saying uh, this one claimed that they were attacked and this one claimed that, come on, use the damn noodle a little bit. Who's attacking who? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of lazy journalism out there. We've seen the death of most of journalism. There's still a lot of brave journalists, like people who are journalists in the old sense, people who actually went to Artsakh and uh, under the rain of shells and uh, bombs and cluster bombs and everything that's illegal, we should note that, illegal, illegal munitions being used against these Armenian people who are living in their homes, uh, have documented exactly what's happening. I myself have been to Artsakh a number of times. The first time I was there was in 1994, during the, uh, almost before the end of the, uh, the war, right before the ceasefire. So I got to see it in, you know, uh, war and uh, right after it got into a uh, uh, ceasefire. And I've been going back ever since. And the most recent time I was there was the end of last year to teach some kids at a technology institute uh, in, in Stepanakir, the capital. So yes, this is a real republic. It's a de facto republic. It never really achieved its potential because uh, people trusted that this peace process that they had created back in the, uh, the 90s would come to fruition and there would be some kind of a compromise. And the people of this region can live safely as uh, their own republic or vote to do whatever they want to do. And and we have to also note here that this region was given to Azerbaijan by Joseph Stalin. It was always Armenian. It was always lived in by Armenians. Anyone with any noodle, as you said, sit down and read a book, just any book will say, yeah, you know what? Um, This is an ancient Armenian homeland that the Soviets decided to carve up and hand out to different people. And now we're talking about international law, international law saying, yeah, what Joseph Stalin did was great. Yeah. Well, Joseph Stalin is not one of my heroes. And I definitely think even he, I guess, uh, realized he had made a mistake. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he, whatever he did back then set all this up. I mean. Oh, he knew this would be happening one day. Yeah, he had to have. Yeah. How the hell do you make an island and then you say, you know what? This is part of Azerbaijan. By the way, this uh, other part in southern Ar- Armenia, Nachivan, we're going to yeah. make that part of Azeri too. He couldn't wait when he's dead and gone that he could look at this one day uh, in the in some sort of a spiritual realm and just sit there and smile while he's burning. Yeah, you know, there's another theory to that. The reason why he did that is because at that time, Kamal Atatürk, who's the father of modern Turkey, um, actually, who had just recently been fighting a war with Armenia to continue wiping us out, because that's, I, I guess, kind of a Turkish pastime, um, decided that, you know, he wanted Kemal Atatürk to become, this is a theory here, to become a uh, communist. 
He wanted Turkey to become communist. So what he was doing by helping the Turkish Azeris, um, by, you know, doing all this disruption and doing all these, um, uh, you know, handing over of Armenian land and so forth, was trying to, in a way, appease and cajole the so, uh, so the over to his side. So we're the main course to the dinner. and Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. So here, here it is. Uh, I'm going to lift this uh, big platter up, and you've got uh, this part of the land. And uh, will you join us now? That's, that's yeah. Except what it now was. they're serving us to the Turkey instead of serving Turkey to Armenians. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> well, if you didn't laugh, you'd have to cry. Honestly. Yeah. Well, you know what is as much negativity as there is. I like to talk a little bit about the positives, and uh, our men and women of Armenia and Artsakh, God bless them. They fight, they fight like Vikings. They, they, mm. they sing, they get ready and then they go out and then they kick ass. I, there's nothing in there. There's nothing separating anything right there. What I just said, because you know what? These people know the significance of this. The Zeri, oh, he had a little, a little bit of a, couple of shots of uh, uh, alcohol in his homeland. They dr they drank a little bit. They sang a, a couple of patriotic Azeri songs. But once they get there, it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different ball game to where now you're you're pressing on to a deer that's got his back against the wall, and this deer fights. This deer really And by the way, we have a group called the Yegniks that are special forces of the Armenians that don't take shit at all. I mean, uh, they, they get the business done, and uh, we liberate our villages, our little towns, and that's what it's all about. You're fighting. The one guy's fighting for his life, and the other guy's fighting for something just to take back and say, I did it. I, uh, You know what? Look at me. I'm a hero. I'm a Zeri hero. And by the way, where's the X-Man at all, all this time that uh, uh, killed one of our... Uh, Soldiers oh, while yeah, he was sleeping. Where, where the hell are you at, tough guy? Why don't you get in yeah, the front line? Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't even hear him from you. Hero? Yeah, you're a national, national hero. hero. By the way, we took another national hero down uh, yesterday or today. One of your colonels that attacked in 2016 that uh, held a couple heads and all that, beheaded Armenians. Uh, uh, he's dead. He's gone too. If there's any Azeris listening to this, it's not a good ending. It, the the ending is not good for you. You're losing a lot of men for nothing. And by the way, your government doesn't even care about you because they're leaving you out there for the wild boars to eat. You're not even going back to your wives, your husbands, and your sons, your brothers, and all that. It, it It's a bad ordeal. It doesn't need to happen. All right. Well, I mean, you're, you're looking... Okay, let's talk about Azerbaijan for a second. Um, they've done a lot of PR because they have dirty oil money. Okay, and, and, and basically the, the country's ruled by whom? It's ruled by the same guy that's been in power, the same family that's been in power for how many, 30 or some odd years now, right? Mm -hmm. Even more. And who's the vice president of Azerbaijan? Oh, hey, you know the what? I can't believe it. My wife won the election. They yeah. love her. They love her. I, I can't believe it. Oh, my God, honey. You're just as They're popular as me. The billionaires are taking all these poor people, all these minority groups as well, by the way, the non-Turkic minority groups, 
and any other minority group that they don't consider to be as, you know, elevated as their own particular group. And they're forcing them and shoving them against the Armenian defenders. And the Armenian defenders are like, you know, after me, it's just my family. I mean, you're coming at me to take territory. I'm just standing here protecting my family. Okay, you can say you have a grievance. I can say I have a grievance. We can go into history. And honestly, most Americans I've found, um, good people, well, you know, this is this is a place of decent people. Really, it is. But our history classes and our news media is try to keep us dumb to be able to control it. So history is a little bit of an issue for people. They have to dig really deep to find out what's going on. But okay, forget the history. Just look at what's going on right now. Small country, bunch of people who are like volunteering to go to the front lines, even though there's dangers of all these like, killer drones swarming about them like vultures. Super high technology. Jono, we're fighting Skynet. We're fighting Skynet, and Skynet's become a jihad army. I mean, people really have to get that through their head. This is like yeah. people are standing against impossible odds over here, and they're doing it because they realize their backs are against the wall, and behind them are their families. What are the other guys getting? Just territory? I mean, you couldn't sit down and just negotiate it and say, hey, you know what? We'll take this. You take this, whatever. No, because the people in power who are very rich want to stay in power and stay very rich. All the rest of the people, as far as they're concerned, can go to hell. So they gather up some poor uh, jihadi people from Syria, tell them, hey, we're going to pay 2000 bucks a month. It'll be great. Uh, dude, they go to these, there and guard people. They go to these refugee camps. That are right. the, the people that have nothing, and they go, uh, would you like to guard an oil field in Azerbaijan? Now, if I'm if I'm one of them, I go, well, hell yeah, I got nothing going on here. Of course I'll do that. Uh, all it is is at an oil field somewhere, yes, that's all you'll be doing, and you'll get paid 1500 to 2000 a month. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Here, honey, I got to go. I got to go. I'm, I'm going to be sending all this money back to you. And it's not ending up like that, folks. Uh, the, the, these people, a lot of them, a lot of them, they don't know what the hell they're getting into. They, they do yeah. not know what they're getting into. This is not a yeah. total 100% ISIS. These are refugee people that are just looking for some sort of, and I, I would like as Armenians to reach out and let these people know that, you know what, these lands that we capture after Nagorno-Karabakh, after Artsakh, any any province would get, you know what? You could settle in there. You could settle in and you could raise your own family there. How about that? Would you would you like that? And they'd be like, you know what? I haven't gotten paid this fifteen hundred to two thousand because they're not even going to pay me. They're they're looking for me to die. They they got to be catching on to that. Uh, they're not looking to make these payments. I got to get the hell out of here. Or, you know what, I'm going to turn this barrel around and face these guys that don't give a rat's ass about me. I mean, it's got to work out like that because I'm on a one-way mission here, and all I'm they're not even burying me. They're having wild boars eat my friend out there. I mean, they got to yeah, catch on yeah. to that. they got to catch Especially on to that. Especially for certain religious groups, man. you got to have proper burials. And, you know, we realize that. You know, when you face a, um, you know, and I don't want to talk big, um, you know, but I'm just going to be a very general sort of discussion. I mean, you can understand a warrior coming at you. He's got his thing. You got your thing. You're a warrior. You know, you got, he's a warrior, you know. Um, but a lot of these people, man, I mean, it's just the way they're thrown into this. 
and and uh, the way they're disrespected. I mean, that's that's just got to curl. I mean, curdle your milk, you know, if you think about it. Roger, in the past, when Chechens fought for Azerbaijan, they said, "Hell no, we're not doing this shit anymore." Because I know what you guys are all about, and you're not what we thought you were. And that they they didn't even want to do it after a while. They they gave up yeah. on that on the last in the nineties when uh, Azerbaijan brought them in, and they go, you know what? We've had enough of you. This is not even what we w- were fighting for. So that right. th- they went back, and th- these people, I, I'm telling you, once they get on that plane, they are done. They are dumb because they can't turn around because if they turn around, then they're going to get shot by the Azeri command. Uh, the, the, yeah, you're, you're pretty much screwed. The minute you get on that plane, it's like that scene. And again, we're talking about movies because a lot of people don't know history, but they know movies, right? That's why I bring this up. I'm not trying to make it trite. I'm just trying to give an illustration. Oh, well, but you're giving you them remember, what they've seen. Yeah, that helps yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Starship Troopers, remember, they're all in these shuttles and they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. We're trained. Yeah, you're just going to go down and kill some bugs, whatever it is. You've seen how much hits they were taking on the shuttle? Yeah, they got down there. They got down there and they just, you are like, what the hell did we just walk into? And I think this is what's happening to these guys. They're getting on board these planes thinking, as soon as you get on that plane, if you're one of these people, as soon as you get on that plane, it's over. Yeah. You are done. You are done. Because, I mean, nothing personal. But if you're going to come at my family because you were in some poor camp and you didn't have money and they fooled you and now they're shoving you into these groups and sending you ahead, and you're coming at my family. You're, you're going to go and down. It's yeah. business. Yeah. It's business. I mean, I got to protect. I, I can't. Know? I can't greet you with warmth. You're, you're trying to kill yeah. me. You're trying to kill me. And uh, I, I got to take you down. And and that's what's happening. They're all laid out there and no one cares about them. And that's the sad thing about it, that uh, these Azeris, uh, they're not not cultivated around that. Who's behind it? It's not just the Azeris. I mean, the dude that kind of got ISIS all, like, squared away. Yeah. Got, you know, the the, the mullah, the the grand sultan of ISIS is Erdogan. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. And, you know, the world knows it. I I don't know why NATO doesn't. What, what does NATO actually stand for? Oh, Not able Lord. to organize? Is that what NATO is? Because yeah. NATO to me is a joke. Because you've got you've got a NATO friend there named Greece that is constantly being harassed by Turkey. You got uh, you got Turkey harassing Libya, Syria. Everywhere there's a hot point, Turkey likes to get involved in. Do you want this? Do you want this as a partner? Because NATO, I thought, stood for something righteous, something to hold back the the east, the the the, the east uh, wall, like uh, the the entire well, the Soviet bloc. Really. Yeah, the Soviet bloc, and, and 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 now I don't even know what it's there for. What is that? Are you going to put your heads down and walk away and not even listen? Our Armenian president went to you, and you, you just. You just said, ah, you know what? We we really we're not involved. Then what the hell are you good for? Why am I sending Armenian troops being 50 to 100 to 200 to 300 whatever troops I have? I'm sending them all over the world that you under NATO. What what good is it? What what good are you doing for us? You're not doing anything for me. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, thanks for all your help. Uh, thank you very, very, very much. And that's uh, what they know, said. Here's a, little, here's, a little, here's a little gift bag that has nothing in it. Now, uh, have a safe trip back to Armenia. That's literally what they did. That's, that's I mean, if that. they have other plans, if they have, like, secret plans, if they have some other things they're doing, well, they're sure not telling us. So it's almost like we have no information except what they've just done very blatantly. And they're showing the rest of the world, including all the – Turkish trolls out there and all the Zeri trolls on Instagram, all the people harassing Armenians and, you know, showing pictures of dead soldiers and laughing at us and all that. It just gave them like another slap on the pat on the back and saying, yeah, you know, well, we're not going to do anything. You guys go for it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're pretty much, I mean, apart from very few friends who really not necessarily committed any ground troops yet, I think we're pretty much alone in this. Yeah, but I don't think I the elves it. are going to show up at Helm's Deep here, you know. I got to ask you this. I'm in Azeri. I live in Baku. I'm not allowed to go here. I can't walk there. I'm limited on how much I, uh, I, don't, I don't have the funds. But, uh, but guess what? My government has a Grand Prix in the streets of Baku. My uh, government has money for uh, UFE, whatever is, uh, they have uh, for European soccer. They're going to hold it there next year. They have a they have a Italian soccer team, uh, Madrid, that has uh, the Zeri logo on the front of their jersey. But I don't have money. Uh, I when do you wake up? When do you wake up a, as a society, as a culture, and say my my own government doesn't allow me to go here to walk? I can't do this and I can't do that. But yet. But yet there's a boogeyman out there about a thousand miles away named Nergona Karaba, and I want that. That will be the deciding factor for me to live a happy, fulfilled life again. That's well, I guess that's their version of a moonshot. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I mean, when do these sheep wake up and say, because it, it dawned on me whenever you were talking, uh, uh, you were just mentioning they're all happied out and all. How do you get happy on that? How do you get happy on seeing another race being beheaded? What made you so happy on that? Was it something you bought into the government sending out some news bullshit that is saying that these are the problem? These people, the, the head that this guy's got was the problem of you being down in this life. I mean, how do they convince them of that? Well, it's some, some amazing marketing that they have going, and uh, they've been able to oppress and suppress the minds of their own people for the longest time. But, I mean, there's an equivalent of that in Turkey. Because does Turkey need any more territory? Does it? I mean, I'm looking at Azerbaijan. I'm looking at Turkey. I'm looking at how much natural resource they have. And there's no encumbrance to them making any of the money they're making, apart from all the horrible egomaniacs maniacal decisions they're making in order to justify all that they have to go find a scapegoat and have and i have i bothered them have i bothered them with that pipeline roger no okay no you haven't bothered them no we, we i haven't, haven't. i haven't and done that because either. because we know the pipeline uh, russia has an interest in we know europe has an interest in we're we're, we're being very nice right now but oh, i mean but, you put people's backs up against the wall and right say, you know what Thank you for being nice, and we're going to stand by while 3 million of you get annihilated, raped, destroyed, humiliated, enslaved. Um, but as long as we get our energy for Europe, because, you know, it's, 
rough times, you know, COVID and all that. What are Armenians going to say? We're going to say, okay, well, here's our middle finger, and we're going to blow up that pipeline. And, and you're uh, you going to have a very cold winter. And you're part. We haven't even thought of the whole pipeline, whole situation yet. They're the ones that present it to their people that, oh, we sent off some missiles uh, that uh, reflect, uh, that uh, fought off uh, some of them uh, missiles coming at uh, the pipeline. Douchebag. Yeah, we're not going to Yeah, we, uh, we could blow that pipeline anytime we want. Anytime we yeah, want, we could blow anytime. that up. I can blow that pipeline up if I wanted yeah. to. It's so easy to yeah. blow up. Are you kidding me? The whole pro- yeah. the whole thing here is you're bringing up a pipeline that we don't even care about. You got this pipeline going. All we want to do is be left alone. We don't care about your pipeline. Stop telling your people that we want to blow up a pipeline. We, we, You know what? You got that oil. You got it going. I don't know what the hell more you want. They're, uh, well, I mean, again, this is, this is classic megalomaniac dictator marketing. They're sitting there in their billion dollar yacht, partying with all sorts of people from around the world, opening art, uh, installations and, you know, living a life in Europe. And they've got all these poor people sitting in their own country and they're just thinking, how do I get these people to not chop my head off? Oh, I'll get him to go chop the Armenian guy's head off. I can use that as a scapegoat while I'm just enjoying the good life. And guess what? I'm going to pour all this money into a bunch of European politicians, soccer teams, PR firms, entertainment companies. Now, well, let me give you a BP gas. example of entertainment. Let me let me give you one. Let me give you one that. Okay, it's it's so amazing that I think if somebody had told me this story, I would have said nah. But I experienced it. Personally, I was there last year, okay, exactly around this time. To the year, I was there in Artsakh, in the capital of Artsakh. I was teaching those young Armenian kids at an institution uh, called TUMO, right? There's a small one there. And I was there for a couple of weeks teaching them uh, because it was the 25-year anniversary of when I first went to Artsakh during the war. And I wanted to go back and I wanted to give something back to the descendants of the people that I was filming. I don't just, I didn't just want to be one of the people standing in the sidelines, you know, and having a kebab and, you know, I had a dolma and I'm saying I'm Armenian and great. No, I mean, you know what? I just, I wanted to connect. So I was there and I was teaching. So while I was there, CBS, they've got that Navy SEAL show. I don't know if you remember this. They aired this episode and I think ANCA brought it to everybody's attention. They aired this episode where they're going on this mission because these American SEALs, okay, in the story, in the TV show, um, these Armenian separatists have broken their peace treaty in Azerbaijan. I heard about this. this uh, power station and in unison with all these other terrorists or whatever it is, and these Navy SEALs are going to go there and they're going to rescue these people. Uh, uh, you know, rescue their power station because Azerbaijan is our only ally in the region. And they just go on and on and on and talk about this. And I'm standing there and I know exactly who you're talking about because I'm in the capital of that country that you're talking about, that little republic, and I'm teaching these kids. And I turned around and I showed these kids that episode from CBS. And I said, see what they're saying about you? They're making you out to be a bunch of terrorists. These innocent little kids are sitting there like their eyes like popping out of their heads. Like, how could an American entertainment company do this? 
But people are sold, Jono. They're sold. Everything's for sale now. People yeah. have no soul and they're sold. And I think this is what we're coming to. And, you know, I guess I could make some enemies in Hollywood that I'm working in. And I got to say this, as a preface, most people are good people. They don't want anything to do with this. Uh, they've got enough troubles of their own or whatever it is. But honestly, I mean, when I think about it and I think about how people just have no sense of decency and morality, or maybe they're just ignorant. And when someone comes along with some money and says, hey, I'll bankroll your show, here, write this script. Nobody else knows because they haven't really paid attention to world affairs. And maybe that's on us as Armenian people that we haven't informed the world enough about what's going on. I mean, we're great at like talking about the genocide and some of this other stuff. But, you know, I think this was a rude awakening. You know, you really need to have things front and center in people's consciousness for them to realize that this is a very, very real danger, not only to us, but to everybody. And that their own media, their own entertainment companies, their own PR companies are bought and sold to dirty oil, Azeri money. That's pretty much laundering money for a bunch of people around the world. So these criminals, these criminals, I'm not talking about the basic dude in Azerbaijan or whatever, or you live in abroad or basic Turkish dude. I'm talking about these criminals that are in charge are basically manipulating this situation and sending it against a group of people, using them as a scapegoat. And now how many people have died? How many people are maimed? How many people are wounded? How much COVID-19 infection is there in that part of the world? And they're turning it into another Syria. They're basically creating this situation that, that is going to engulf the whole region. They're trying to weaken Russia. They're spitting in Russia's face. And they're trying to weaken Iran. And they're using us as a chessboard for their Turkish empire that's going to stretch from all the way from Constantinople all the way to God knows where. Would you I mean, say tell me why? Tell me why the Pakistanis are sending mercenaries. These aren't the same people as four people in a camp. These right. are Afghan Mujahideen and Pakistani mercenaries are willingly going. Uh, to, I've to heard fight special forces from Pakistan. Uh, Good Lord. Let me ask you this. If if now this is just a hypothetical question to you. Right. If the BP gas and all these uh, uh, other companies, especially BP, if they turned around and looked at uh, Eliev and said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of your shit here. Can't, can't, can't you just res resolve this without fighting? I mean, I mean I'm, I'm tired of this oil, this pipeline that I'm always worried about, and, I, and you keep giving me reports that they're uh, trying to shoot it and everything. I. I don't need this type of stress. Can you please just work this out just diplomatically? Uh, do, do you think that if they stepped up here, something else could have been done? I mean, th this is their bread and butter. This is the company that takes care of them, Eliev and his family. British Petroleum. And also, um, I'm curious as to what the connection is between a British Petroleum stance and the fact that the BBC has been so supportive of the Azeri side and almost downright antagonistic of the um, Armenian situation. That was an embarrassment, what they put Pashinyan through, that BBC uh, interview. Maybe and I heard there's some subsequent reports as well that have pretty much washed over the whole situation, almost acting like Armenia is a terrorist state that's just going to... Unbelievable. Un like some rabid dog that has nothing better to do with its time 
And are people buying that? I mean, I'm just sitting back and I'm thinking about uh, British people and I'm thinking about Europeans and, uh, you know, your standard Midwestern dude, you know, trying to make a make a life for himself in the middle of all this garbage. Are they actually buying this? Are, when they watch it, they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, terrorists. And Is this has not part of their vernacular. This has not even been like a crusade Christians versus Muslims. I know they want mm -hmm. to make something like that of it. But you're sure. looking at uh, if you if you go to the just a regular uh, Brit person, uh, the Englishman, and the, ask him, he'd be like, oh, "Yeah, of course I bloody support uh, the Armenian that's w wanting to uh, be self determined. I, I I'm all for that." And uh, yeah, but but yeah, the, but I mean, they've already said there's been a few people, one in particular, that came forward and talked about a party and. In the UK, where there were a lot of Azeri diplomats and stuff, basically just buying people out. I mean, the United Kingdom has been bribed. Yeah. Well, they're the, looking the other way. They want the petroleum. And, you know, they'll just. This well, isn't the first time they're, either. I they're mean, the if you same. go back enough in history, this is not the first time. They're the same <laughs> as the Israelis right now. The Israelis yeah. are, are the same. Uh, they'll, they'll be very happy getting that oil, and it's blood oil. They're, they, they don't care. They they really don't, no. and uh, the, this country here uh, that uh, that we look at as a religious, the chosen people, the the people that uh, you know what this is in the Bible. They, they they can't be that that bad of a country. And yes, they're selling Laura missiles, uh, drones that are taking out. I'm not even worried about your Azeri troops or your uh, mercenaries, or your whatever you have over there that are attacked, because I'm handling them. It's the ones that, it's these drones that are above my head, and as I'm eating there, uh, uh, relaxing from a, a battle that I fought for 12 hours, and you're j dropping some crap on my, fa um, on my head and killing me like that, because you're not, none of your troops are doing anything to me. It's these damn right, drones that are right. taking me out. And that's the sad thing about it. And uh, fighting, something needs to be addressed. The, we're fighting the jihadi Terminator. We're fighting those drones. You remember that movie Oblivion where you have these drones going around and wreaking havoc? I mean, oh, this yeah. is what this is. This is modern. This is 21st century warfare. And again, people are going to get mad at me. How come you're making this like a movie? Yeah, because this is like a bad movie that just became real. It and is. I think people need to, people need to realize that the things you thought were impossible are possible. Well, the Roger, you I thought would never touch your family will touch your family because they're very dirty, disgusting people around the world that have tons more money than you. You're just an ant in front of them. They don't care about you. You're just a pawn. America. Armenian today. And America, too. Uh, America stopped. Stopped making tanks because of this. They said, you know what? Yeah. In this modern day warfare, as we're seeing right now in uh, Artsakh and Nagorno-Karabakh, tanks are not useful anymore. They've stopped yeah. making tanks. This is this is like the experiment of the world. This area being fought in right now. Every weapon that's being used right now is big corporation checking out. Oh, uh, this one. You uh, the, the, let's put a little check mark on this one. This one really took uh, a lot of people out. I like this one. This one, not so. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, let's, Jono, let's, let's go back to that image. And I want people to right now put an image in their head of that boardroom where they're having a discussion over looking at some footage 
of a bunch of Armenian kids that are basically defending their families being blown up 20 or 30 at once. And there's video footage of them examining that footage with their clipboard. Someone ordered a sandwich, you know, um, coffee, oh whatever it is. And they're having a discussion about this. Yeah, Bob, you looks like that one, you know, uh, yeah, you know, and yeah, I think we should try this other thing. Casualty rate was really that. good on that bill. Casualty yeah. rate was really good on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are we having for lunch? Yeah, yeah. Are we going out for beer afterwards? Yeah. I mean, think about this. I mean, this is the world we're living in now. It's I mean, maybe it was always here. Man. It just suddenly uh, occurred because they've got everybody so freaked out over everything that they're not paying attention to this. I think people are waking up slowly. I think that they're trying to get everything they can get done. They're trying to get it done before the United States election. Because two things, winter's coming. And I don't mean in the Game of Thrones sense, although hopefully it is for the uh, Aliyev family. Winter is coming for them, I hope. But at the same time, winter is coming in the region. So hopefully that'll slow things down in terms of some of the technology. But we'll see. We'll see what surprises they have planned for us. Again, these guys have been working on this and planning this for a really long time. But at the same time, you know. When, when we have... The world against us, but yet we still have uh, prominent Armenians like uh, the Kim Kardashians uh, that are working their butts off. Uh, you know what, Serge Tankian. Uh, mm -hmm. These are the people that they're not just hiding. They're, they're. I mean, if they have whatever blood they have, I'm not talking about Serge. I'm not talking about Kim. But I'm saying if you got like one percent Armenian. And you're out there. I, I this is this is very key for us. This uh, people mm -hmm. out there right now have to get together. Armenians have to. Your protest in L.A. God bless you all out there. God bless every one of you in the West Coast, in the East Coast that are doing this. Uh, we're in the Midwest. I'm in the Midwest. Rogers in the West Coast. But I'm telling you. I, I, we're not seeing that here. We just don't have the numbers to do that here. But you guys, you guys are making us so proud and you guys are digging in and you guys are making a statement. And it, it, it's, it's like something like a hand grabbing another hand and we're extending arms from one side of uh, uh, California all the way to Boston right now. You guys are making right. this possible. Absolutely. There's a lot to be proud of. Donna. There is a lot to be proud of. I mean, even in these dark, horrible times, it's like the U.S. when World War II started. I mean, everybody just came together. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a perfect picture, and I'm not saying it was, but that one aspect where they all came together and said, and remember how many losses the United States had at the beginning of the war. Just remember, tons, tons. People were terrified. Terrified. This and is the United States in World War II. They were terrified. Look what they came back from. One good thing about all this, little Roger, that I, I really appreciate America about is that uh, they haven't painted us to be the evil people. They they haven't no, done that. No, haven't. And, and if they no. did that, we would be done. We, I mean, the yeah. way they did Assad with Assyria, the way they've done that with in the past with whoever they tattoo as the villain, you're the villain, man. There's nothing. There's no way about getting that changed. I mean, you're going to go down as the villain. So, well, let me let me add something yeah. to that, Jono. Two of the uh, presidential candidates. Well, one who was no longer a presidential candidate this year, and one who is on the ballot, 
Well, Kanye has visited Armenia. Obviously, that was very uh, famous when he visited with Kim. But the Tulsi Gabbard, who actually went to Artsakh in 2017, and back then she said, she said, you've got to recognize Artsakh. If you don't, there's going to be something really bad that's going to happen. She said that in 2017. This is Tulsi. This is our girl, Tulsi Gabbard, who said that back in 2017. Right. Right. I, and, I remember. I just want her. you to know that I know that as an Armenian, you know, I'm supposed to vote one way or the other, but not to make anybody mad. But I wrote her name into the ballot in that empty spot because I thought that was the least I could do on behalf of those boys that are very bravely defending their families out there in the front. I yeah. owe them that much. No. And you know, I'm just saying right now, I'm just saying right now that there are a lot of good people raising their voices. There's PR companies that are dropping Azerbaijan as their client. Uh, there's uh, drone companies that are no longer selling Azerbaijan parts. And hopefully Absolutely they not. don't yeah. sell it to a third party and whatever. And we really need people to step up right now, people who believe in a cause that will touch them too one day, but also cause of rights and just. They have to come forward and say, this is how I'm going to help. Um, you know what? I'm going to send drone parts to Armenia. I think you guys should be able to stand on your own and defend yourself. I mean, I'm going to send medical supplies. I'm going to send nurses. I'm going to send ambulances. You know, we're going to send a bunch of uh, PPE gear because we know COVID has taken off because of this war. There's all sorts of things people can do without putting boots on the ground. They can say to their officials, you guys need to do the right thing here or you're going to answer to us. They can say that and they can turn around and they can come together, make a donation to the armeniafund.org or they can do other donations that their Armenian friends and people they know are doing where we're gathering medical supplies and, uh, you know, whatever's needed. I mean, we're not sending weapons. That's the Armenian government's business to send do their own weaponry. What we're sending is humanitarian aid. And what we're doing is we're raising awareness people around the world that this is a very dire situation and people have to really come forward. But I tell you, I mean, the bright light, if there is one in this, is as a nation, Armenians, as an ethnic group, as a nation, we've woken up. We've woken up big time. And I hope we never go to sleep again. This is it's amazing. This was our Pearl Harbor, man. We cannot we cannot let uh, this be our uh, last but finest hour. It has to be the first of other finest hours. And uh, for Europe and for the rest of the world, you know, there was an Adolf Hitler that said, you know what, I'm only taking Czechoslovakia. You know what? I'm only taking uh, I'm uh, Hungary and Austria. They they were part of us before too. We're in, annexing them too. Okay, take them too. We're gonna take Poland. All right. They they have made this. They have committed themselves, Turkey, to a Islamic type of Ottoman type of a base to where they're wanting to extend from from our area to take out Armenia all the way to Pakistan. There's a reason why Pakistan is siding with Turkey so much. They want to have that Silk Road from one end to the other as part of the Ottoman world. And uh, uh, folks, folks out there that you're not Armenian, I, I, I want you to listen to this. We have to, we have to dig in. The, the, this small little enclave of uh, maybe like a, well, like a, like a Collinsville and Edwardsville. And I mean by that bills, because these are like 40,000, 50,000. And next thing you know, it's 150,000. This is the group. This is the little place that's saying, no, 
No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that to me. I don't want yeah, I don't yeah. want you to do that to me. I, I, I will dig in. I will protect what I have. If this one tomato you want, you're not going to get it. I, I'm going to dig in and protect this tomato. You're not going to do it. And God bless him. For years yeah. now, for the last, I, I'd say the last 10 years, I get on Facebook. I argue with Armenians about this and that. And uh, I call them a name. They call me a name. Not no more. Not no more. You're all Kurdics yeah. and uh, to me. And that's how I yeah, look uh, at you. I'm going to add one thing to that amazing thought that you just you just gave us. Jono, 100% agree with you. I'm going to add one more thing. A lot of Armenians right now, they're in shock. They're in shock and they're dealing with the people around the world I'm talking about. They're dealing with something that they've never dealt with before. And this is an actual, real shooting war with many casualties. That's what a war is. It's very ugly. And so they're going on to Facebook and they're going on. They're doing a lot of postings and a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiousness and whatever else. And my word to them is, look, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. But now is the time to be productive, not to tear each other down, not to be negative, not to put all your anxieties, all this information, all this argument. If you're going to have a discussion group, do a private group on Facebook just amongst ourselves. Keep it in the family. Your job now is to tell the world what's going on instead of like throwing arrows in the back of our own people. And I think this is something that we have, we're maturing from. As you said, you're not seeing it that much anymore. And I think this is something we have to call people on because, you know, honestly, we don't need quicksand under our, our, our feet right now. No. We all need to stand together stand and we all together. need to tell the world what's going on. Stand together. And the one more thing I, I'd like to make clear is, uh, Stop buying into Azeri news. If they got a person beheaded and they're holding a picture, you don't need to post that. Right right now, we need all positivity. We know there's negative shit out there, folks. We know that's happening Absolutely. in that area. We don't need, because they're banking on not just that soldier that they killed or that person that they killed. Now they're banking on you to spread that around and bring negativity and fear into everyone else to where... Hey, you know what? Maybe it's not worth fighting for. That's what they're wanting. That's what they want out of that media coverage there. Because check this out. Check this out. We do not get covered like they get covered. When when no. we post something up, YouTube takes it down. But when they put it up, it kind of like stays up. I don't know what it is that they have, but it's kind of like staying up. And any yeah. anytime a Turk says something about me, oh, that's okay. He didn't go that far into hate. But if I say something about him, I'm being suspended. Folks, what Roger said about five minutes ago about big money, it even goes to your backyard on your phone, on your laptop, in your pictures, and all this. Everything is connection. Everything is connected together. So let's not go that way Whatever we have, let's stay together and let's give positive. Positivity <clears throat> is the source here. That's all we got to exactly. bank on. And by the way, I, yeah. I, 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 me, myself, there's no way I can blow up a pipeline. I don't want anyone to say that uh, Jono said he's going to blow up a <laughs> pipeline. I meant that as a person out there that can go across the border and find a way of blowing up a pipeline. That's as easy yeah, as that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, I mean, it's also going to be an environmental disaster. I mean, give me a break. Like, why would people? Yeah, like, we Armenians don't. Country? Yeah, we Armenians do not do anything like that. We have, 
We oh, by have, the way, John, please, yes. please mention that they're very threatened to uh, blow up our nuclear uh, reactor. Yeah, they, they do that. They do that. They bring that up, and we don't even think of anything like that, but they bring it up. They bring up uh, their pipeline being bombed. We don't, we don't think like those evil pricks do. I, honest to God, folks, we're not thinking like <clears throat> that. We're just thinking about defending our land, and that's it. That's all we're doing. When Azari gets wounded, guess what? He's getting more medical treatment from us than his Azari side that would say, oh, oh screw him. Let, let, let him, let the wild boar eat his ass out there. Why, why do I want him back? He's just going to give me bad press, bad PR once I bring him back because he's going to bitch about how, uh, how many Armenians fought him off and all this stuff. I let him stay out there and die. I'm not bringing those guys back. So, yeah. you know. In any case, oh my God, there's just tens of thousands of bodies out there. I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but there's so many, and they don't want them back because then their people they will know. won't give the They're number even out. They're dumping them in the Caspian. They're dumping them in the Caspian Sea. They won't even give the uh, the numbers out. I if I'm a parent or I'm a wife, and I'm saying, "How's uh, my little uh, Ashcroft or whatever they they call their uh, the, their soldier?" Oh, he's fine. He's fine. He's doing fine. Uh, uh, we haven't heard of him in a couple of weeks, but he's fine. And uh, yeah, he's on a secret mission. Or something. Yeah, he's on a know. secret mission. By the way, he ran off. He ran off with a Russian woman. He, I, I'm sorry. You won't see him again. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, you know, Armenians are also posting. This is when you talk about posting, which is very dumb uh, that uh, some of us do this. Every time there's very put out a propaganda picture where they're standing on some mountain with a flag and, oh, we're in this city. Oh, we're in that city. That's and then BS. immediately pop that's it up what, there. That's that, what we're that's talking like, about. Yeah, yeah. But but the bottom line is some of those guys, after they took that picture, got blown up by our side and got chased away. I mean, we've already seen now this few people standing up saying, yeah, I conquered this. I raised the flag. And that person's dead. Yeah. So, and Artsakh forces have said that. They said, you know what? These rivers that uh, they're taking pictures of, it's a quick picture. Then let, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah. They... Even their towns that they're supposedly getting all these bombed. Uh, it's a tire company. It's a tire. Co- Why the hell would an Artsakh army bomb a tire company? I mean, what you we we fear that you're going to have tires and uh, that that no, you guys are doing all this. It's a nice little Walt Disney type of movie that you guys are setting up. I I get that, but you know what? <laughs> We're too smart for that. But Armenians don't buy into that. Don't buy into that. Roger just said it with the, these guys holding the flag. You don't know where the hell they're holding the flag off or anything. And you think all these Armenian tanks and stuff that's got a sticker of the Artsakh, what, that you don't think they could have made a sticker like that and put it on the Artsakh, uh, uh, put it on the tank and say, oh, we've captured their tanks. There's 15 of them like this. An Armenian would never leave his tank. If he did, he'd go to another tank or something bigger to blow their ass up with something more. So that's my point on that. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I think that before people post things and react to things and say things, you know, you're, we're all emotional. See the source. Go out, go out and hike. Go, go take a hike with, with a buddy. I mean, buddy, think about something positive you're going to do. Talk about, okay, what are we going to source? What are we going to send over? Uh, who are we going to Zoom with back in the, in the old country to try and see how they're doing? Do we send some medical supplies? Um, and if, some things that we can put out there? I mean, go and, do something positive with your time. And if like, not that, if not that, find a Roger out there. Find a, my, my brother Ara out there in L.A. 
and sit there and talk to these people. And you know what? That that really helps. That really helps, folks, because uh, there was one time when I, I was tearing up. I was crying in the car, and I had bought into this uh, crap, and and uh, I called Roger up. And uh, n- next thing you know, my brother tells me, hey, you know what, bro? You can't be like this. You can't be like this because I'm telling you right now, it's not about this. It's not about that. It's about this. And uh, he broke it down. And I think that you, anyone that's going through a little thing, sit down with another Armenian and just talk. I, I, it does help. It does help because the Odars, they don't know. They, and God bless them. They, they, you know, they're, they're, they're worried about who's going to win between uh, this and that in the World Series and who's playing on uh, Sunday. Well, they're I get afraid that. Of, they're, 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 being told, they're being told by their media that there's a possibility of a civil war in this country. They're, they're scaring them that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, just think about yeah. what, what people are confronting here. I mean, the fact that the other guys launched an attack, it was perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, John, I also want to say you also talked me down off that cliff, so to speak. I remember afterwards. We're I helping each other, happy, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been there for each other. And, yeah. Uh, and that, that's what it's just, all about for you folks out there, too. Just just sit around and make a phone call or invite an Armenian over. It really does go a long way. I swear to God, when we invite Armenians over now, it's like I feel much better to where I, I feel like yeah, I got the alone. home team. I got the home team, and I, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. And, again, what Roger brought up, start uh, – and I don't mean start. I know you've been giving and you've been giving, but find funds that will match. That's a, that's a big thing because oh, yeah. uh, th- yeah. those are those are the corporations that uh, do stuff like that, and that that's really huge for us. If you could find a some sort of a fund out there that'll match or double match or something like that, boom, get in on those because we need those big time right now. And uh, thank you so much, Roger. Thank you, Yachbar. Oh, my pleasure, man. Always, always. Thanks, yeah. bro. Thank you so much. And uh, folks out there, be strong. Dig in like our troops are digging in and positivity, positivity goes a long way here because it's our only thing and we have to grasp onto each other. That's the whole thing. Do not ridicule each other. We are brothers and sisters in this because we have, again, I emphasize that we have no one. We have no one that we can count on but each other. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you, Armenians. Genatsit. Be safe, be healthy, and prayers all all the way to the, our soldiers in the front line. I I hope there's uh, some listening into all this, and we love you guys out there. Be safe, and we love you. Take care. Yeah. Okay. Love you all. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com. And subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at Facebook.com slash Armenia Proud or Twitter at Armenia Proud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm.